Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of AI Buzz. This is Nick. I have some really cool things to talk about today. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for tuning in. And, uh, yeah. Thanks for being here. So, some of the stories we have today. Merck, the drug company, pharmaceutical company, using AI. With a really cool uh, uh, nutrition tracking startup called Foodvisor that I'll go over. Google's got some really cool things going on. They have an ace model. It's better than the uh, the king and the queen model. Get it? Yeah, see what I did there? We got some other things too. OpenAI, one of my favorite. I won't even hide my bias there. Uh, they have an awesome new video that they've released and you should totally check it out. California passing some regulation with AI. Um, pretty fascinating stuff. I'll talk about that later. AI coming to industries that we never even thought of. Stay tuned to figure out what I'm talking about. And uh, lastly, I'll talk about how machine learning is helping identify drug-to-drug interactions. So, let's get started. First up, Merck. So Merck is a massive pharmaceutical company. They uh, produce drugs, of course. And as with many companies, they do supply and demand forecasting. And as you can imagine in the pharmaceutical world, this is particularly important to have it be right and... Um, you know, have it be as accurate as possible. And currently they say their model for determining demand is about 85% accurate. However, um, there's certainly some issues with drug shortages uh, across all the different drugs out there. Uh, some of the really common ones that, you know, are guilty of, of uh, you know, having supply shortages are uh, antibiotics and chemotherapy drugs. And um, they say that there's about 600 to 1,200 shortages a year across all the different drugs. That's what the Wall Street Journal reports. Well, it sounds, sounds reputable, right? So this is a problem. People rely on these drugs to, uh, in some cases, fight cancer or fight uh, bacterial infection, and, you know, this can really have a huge effect on people's lives. That's where this new machine learning startup is uh, coming in. It's called Tracelink, and they are based out of Massachusetts, and what they do is they analyze different points within a supply chain for different industries, actually, as well, but in this case, it's pharmaceuticals. So they look at hospitals, pharmacies, other distribution channels going from, you know, a Merck uh, plant, you know, pharmaceutical plant to the pharmacy. They look at everything in between and they try to uh, predict uh, essentially how, how long it's going to take to deliver, as well as, uh, you know, supply and demand and optimizing that so that there's fewer drug shortages. Um, 
So, especially in pharmaceutical companies, uh, I guess they really have a huge amount of inventory stored up. Uh, the company Gartner did a study saying they carry up to 156 days of inventory, which is really good to hear from our standpoint. It's great to know that there's the, uh, you know, a huge inventory of drugs. And um, <clears throat> this is partly due to um, a United States regulation that's recently been passed that requires tracking of medications uh, throughout the process of uh, you know being created to arriving at pharmacies. And this is really fed into uh, the training data for, for this supply and demand model. The Tracelink, the company Tracelink, has, it's not just a fledgling new startup. It's raised $167 million in venture capital. Uh, has some huge names that have invested into it. And um, this is really exciting. Um, you know, Merck, Merck is huge. It's a huge company, and for them to really be adopting a predictive model when it comes to something as serious as supply and demand is, is great news to hear. Next up, next up, we have a really, really cool thing. I was This may be one of my favorite stories I'm going to talk about today. So, how many of you have used uh, a diet tracking app? where you have to uh, you eat something and then you're like, how, how the heck am I going to track this in my app? You go to type it in to the search menu and you just, it's maybe made up of different components or it's just the food is not easy to be found or it's some weird serving size that's, you know, in some sort of, who even knows? And uh, you know, like you'll you'll drink a liquid and it's measuring it in uh, you know grams or something. It can be really tough to track diet with one of these apps. Some cases it can be easy if you're eating like stock food that's you know in a package, and you can just scan the barcode. In those cases, I think it's pretty easy to track food. But for the most part, say you're eating out or um, you know, you're eating something that's not exactly a, uh, it's not like straightforward. There's a potential solution on the horizon. Um, a new computer vision machine learning startup called Foodvisor is trying to change the way we track our meals. So they're actually going to be using deep learning to analyze photographs that you take of your food and calculate its nutritional value. So how it works is it finds the distance from the camera to your meal with the autofocus data that's available within the camera. I, I guess that must be a parameter that comes in sort of the metadata of each photo. And it then, from that, calculates the surface area of each piece of food and then, based on what type of food it thinks it is, it tries to predict the volume of, of that food. And then, once it has volume, it, it's rather straightforward to go to nutritional value. So, to identify each piece of food, it must use a convolutional neural network. And um, 
it showed an example of it predicting the um, health facts of a salad. So each piece of the salad, it actually was able to pick out. It had the lettuce, uh, I think spinach, tomatoes, uh, and other components of the salad. And each of those were kind of picked out, and each of those nutritional facts were returned. Um, so this app, it's apparently working rather well. Um, and as it continues to improve, I think it's really going to catch on because there can be really a lot of resistance to using one of these diet tracking apps. And any resistance that someone encounters in like, you know, the health world is a huge deterrent. The app's already been downloaded 1.8 million times. And um, foreseeably, as, as more users, it, it actually uses uh, has an option for people to you know label their meals by hand as well. So as people label uh, photographs, that's going to improve their training data set, and uh, I think the model will continue to improve. They offer a premium plan starting at five dollars a month, and uh, what you can do with that is you can actually chat and talk with a nutritionist directly. So that's really really cool. Foodvisor is what it's called. I uh, really look forward to seeing what's going to come out of them as they, uh, you know, get more funding, more traction, more downloads, more data. Uh, this is pretty cool. Next up. Next up. Google. So, of course, these tech giants such as Google, Facebook, Amazon, these guys are doing insane machine learning research. They have teams of thousands of researchers, the best in the world, working on on some of their next gen products. Um, but a recent trend that I'm noticing is. A lot of companies are actually focusing on creating packages and libraries that um, work to explain their models. Um, I, I covered this in a previous podcast. Uh, Facebook has a new library called Captum. 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 Uh, can be integrated with their uh, deep learning framework, PyTorch, and um, it it works on trying to explain what the heck is happening in a model. And we are seeing something similarly from Google, which is really cool. This seems to be a trend amongst some of these big tech giants. And that's great news for us because so many times, uh, you know, machine learning models are treated as black boxes. And, um, <clears throat> you know, it spits out a result, a prediction, and you, you, in some cases, I, you know, you're not supposed to, but I think in practice, many people will say, oh, okay, we have a prediction, let's go with it. You know, you, you really need to dig into how the prediction was made and what the model was looking for and all of that. So these, these, uh, these new releases from these companies are, um, are really going to assist in the human, in educating the human uh, sort of aspect of creating a model. Uh, so in, in conjunction with Stanford, they created this automated concept-based explanation model, ACE, and it's going to extract insights from models, and it's 
ideally going to be useful for humans. And what they found is that models are can be really uh, sensitive to just changes in single features, especially if the feature is a really important feature. Um, so what this ACE model is attempting to do, it's, it's, it's looking for groups of features that kind of define a category of, of image. They, they worked for, with image data uh, in this, this study that I read about. And um, they create these composite concepts that are made up of several different features. And they train a model on these, these different categories rather than just individual images. And so what they're looking for is extracting concepts from these categories. And what they some of the groups they looked at were groups of basketballs or vans. These interesting uh, groups there. But um, a good example of kind of how it worked is with the group of vans, they, um, you know, all those are a van, but it identified that there was an emblem on the vans that signify that they were police vans. So it had a police department emblem on it, and it found that they're uh, police vans. So that's, that's kind of a, the police emblem likely looks very different amongst all these photos, but it learned the concept of a kind of emblem on vans that, um, you know, kind of was characteristic of that class. So they picked a total of a hundred different classes and they actually used the uh, their ImageNet model as kind of a base. So Google has their own ImageNet model trained on tons and tons of images. The team says the model still has a lot of room for improvement um, and they're trying to continue to extract out higher level concepts from these, these categories. As you can imagine, that's you know that's where we're trying to bring AI in general is have it be less focused on these specialized tasks, these specialized features, and have it think more broadly, and uh, you know think about concepts, you know, kind of as humans think about concepts, um, and then once you can extract out concepts, then you could begin to group the concepts together, you know, and come up with something even better, even higher level, combining several concepts together. So that's that's where uh, Google's trying to take this ACE model. And um, yeah, the ACE model is pretty cool. There's a, a new paper that um, Google released with Stanford. I would highly recommend that you check it out. Explainability in, in machine learning is huge. And as long as there's an aspect of human input into these models, it's, it's so, so important because, you know, yeah, it's, you know, in, in, in industry and in practice, lots of these models are treated as black boxes. And, you know, I hate to say it, but a lot of people have no idea what, what the heck is happening. In some cases, you you know you really in some of these wild deep learning, late cutting edge 
models, how do you even understand what's going on? At some point and at some layer of complexity, you do kind of have to trust uh, what's going on with the model. So these types of frameworks will really help us out in the future, future. And I'm glad there's this trend of these tech companies working on these packages. Next up. All right. OpenAI. You guys are familiar with the fact that I love OpenAI. I think it is a fantastic organization. I think they're doing some of the coolest research in machine learning out there. They released a video to YouTube. Every time they release a video to YouTube, I get really excited because they don't just, they don't, they only release videos and big press releases when something is, is really, really cool. And today is no different. They released a video of a one-handed robot, you know, a very human-like robot hand, able to solve a Rubik's Cube with one hand. Um, so check out this video. You just go to YouTube, type in OpenAI Rubik's Cube. It'll pop right up. And it's showing and demonstrating several really cool breakthroughs and just, you know, how good this technology is getting. Um, <clears throat> so it's not a pure software project that they're working on. Of course, it requires a lot of robotics and um, mechanical engineering and stuff to actually make this robot hand be able to do this. But it's, of course, using computer vision and, um, you know, computer vision to see how to uh, solve this Rubik's Cube. And then it's using, uh, <clears throat> it's relying on the robotic capabilities of this hand to actually go ahead and then solve it. So it's nothing remarkable in terms of how quickly it solves. It's not breaking any records. It takes about four minutes. Um, but just a awesome story. I man, I love OpenAI. I'm sorry. I have, I'm biased towards OpenAI. I'll admit that right now. I think I think they're great. I think they're doing some of the coolest stuff out there, and I'm not ashamed of it. So please check the video out. It's awesome. You know, as with a lot of this stuff, it's fascinating to think about where it's going to go. Um, you know, this is perhaps one of the early developments in that area. I would not be surprised at all if in a year we see the same hand um, solving this in, in one minute, or if we see two hands solving one in very quick times. You know, it's cool to think about where this is going. Enough about OpenAI, Nick. Come on. Cut it out. Next up. California passing regulation and laws against deepfake technology. So I've talked several times before about how dangerous deepfakes are. Everyone is pretty much aware that this could really cause some issues. Um, you know, if you're deepfaking a political or a social figure... Uh, you can really call it, a, you know, some chaos. You wreak some havoc. You know, seems like theoretically a war could be started if, you know, one country, you know, does not, uh, you know, sees a video of uh, an opponent waging war. Uh, you know, this stuff could get really bad. Um, so 
not good. Not good at all. Fortunately, California, the state, is recognizing that this is a huge problem. And they've recently passed bills that are, you know, kind of against deepfake technology. So they've passed bills that allow victims of deepfakes who've been uh, put into pornographic images and videos to actually sue and have those videos taken down. Uh, apparently, there have been many celebrities that have been deepfaked into these, um, these pornographic videos. And they, they passed legislation that allow, allow these, these victims to uh, take some action and get those videos taken down. So that's, it's great that California is really recognizing that this is a big issue. Yeah, deep, deep fake technology is really, really freaky. If you, if you watch some of the best deep fakes on YouTube, yeah, it's, you really, you can't tell it apart. Uh, you really can't. I'd recommend checking some of those, some of the, some of the, like the Mark Zuckerberg one. Uh, that's a pretty wild one. There's a Nancy Pelosi one. You know, these, these things are not, it's, it's not like what you'd think. It's not like all glitchy and choppy. It's, it literally looks like it's the person. So, scary stuff. So, AI, it's really breaking into all kinds of different industries and, um, we're finding it being used Many different spots. Every day I read stories. Every day I, I listen to interviews, watch videos. Uh, you know, keep up with the latest. It's being applied all over the place. It's farming, finance, healthcare. Um, one place I never thought AI would be applied is at Outback Steakhouse. Outback Steakhouse. Everyone's favorite Outback Steakhouse. So. This is an awesome story. They are looking to use machine learning technology. It's called, they're actually, so they're relying on a company called Presto, which uses computer vision technology, and it has a series of cameras, I guess, throughout the restaurant and the establishment to analyze uh, the goings-on at the restaurant. So it analyzes... Uh, employees, so like managers and waitstaff, as well as customers, and its goal is to uh, reduce blind spots uh, at the restaurant. So ideally, uh, if you're, you know, in a corner that's kind of out of sight from a waitress and, um, you know, she or he has kind of forgotten about you, um, this technology at Outback Steakhouse could potentially see that you're not being uh, kind of, you know, taken care of and can actually alert employees in real time uh, that they should go and check in with you or go and, and you know, check back with you. So it's trying to eliminate these blind spots and reduce the wait times that people, uh, you know, kind of have when they're, you know, waiting around for the check or they're waiting around for, uh, you know, someone to come and take their order. Um, the company says that there's no privacy concerns. Uh, they say that footage is deleted programmatically after 30 days and it's not tracking anything that's personally identifable. Uh, must just say, oh, there's a 
there's a customer there. Maybe it maybe it learns the employees, and then um, it can then say, well, everyone who's on an employee is likely a customer, and just doesn't doesn't put your name on there, or so they say. And um, yeah, this is a pretty cool development in the world of AI, how it's being applied in Outback Steakhouse. Really cool stuff. Uh, some of you know, even these another one that's applying uh, machine learning into their business models, Dunkin' Donuts. I myself have extensively tested out their Dunkin' Donut Perk app. I'm I'm a uh, and funny enough, I I pay to test their app. Because I get a daily coffee from them every day. Because Dunkin' Donuts is the best. Anyway, I digress. Behind this app, Dunkin' Donut Perks, they have a really rather good machine learning algorithm that's analyzing your buying patterns. And it will send you offers at certain times throughout the day based on your buying history. So, just really cool to hear about you know restaurants, restaurant chains such as these applying machine learning into their business models. It's being adopted everywhere, people. This is wild. Well, that's about everything I had for this episode. Quick recap. We talked about how Merck is using Tracelink to uh, improve their supply and demand models. We talked about uh, how Foodvisor, this new startup, is able to track uh, some of your diet choices with photographs. Google is acing explainability with their new ACE model. Uh, OpenAI solving Rubik's Cubes with one-handed robots. My gosh, as nuts. California passing laws against deep state technology. I'm really happy to hear about that. And AI coming to Outback Steakhouse. Guys, this is an awesome time to be alive with AI technology, machine learning. Can't wait to see where this goes in the next few years. I will be back very soon. Thank you so much for checking in another episode of AI Buzz. This is your host, Nick. I will see you soon. Bye.